sometime in the past, if time is real and not just a construct. It's a construct for sure. This is the Just Okay Podcast, a podcast about trying. And what was just okay about your week? A lot, but I'm going to <laughs> encapsulate it in heavy emotions. Let's do it. Let's get in. This is going to be an emotional podcast, I think. Let's just get into it from the start. So I have been having conversations with various friends and people about emotional and heavy topics in general. And then obviously today, I guess that's going to kind of screw up my timeline from some time in the past, but the Kavanaugh <laughs> hearings today... Today is the 27th, just for those that actually care. It's Thursday the 27th, so I spent the entire day watching the uh, Dr. Ford and Brett Kavanaugh hearings. But just a heavy, raw, yeah, emotional day sure today. Was. And I feel like I have all, like, encompassed in all that has also been some existential angst where I feel like I finally found the meaning of life. Ooh. And it quickly escaped me. As it always does. Um, Not just you. I mean, like, for everyone. Like, I I've oftentimes been, feel like I have the meaning. I'm like, okay, I got it. And then it's... Gone. I've been building, like, this idea in my head, like, building blocks. There's, like, three or four that lead up to the purpose of life. And I wrote it all down and, like, felt good about it for several seconds at least. Did you write it down on a list? No, I did not write it down on a list. I wrote it down like in a narrative fashion in which I finally decided, let me just go back to fiction and stop writing philosophy, which is which is what it boils down to is philosophy. Oh, I don't like that for you. I like you writing the philosophy. I mean, I'll come back to it. I always do, but like I feel like I I peaked at this point. Like I I've, I've gone, I found the purpose of life and then it Totally escaped me. So that was just okay about my week. What about yours? Um, I had a lot of things that were not just okay. Like I, on other end, like I had a lot of really, really awesome. I don't love the word awesome, so I always am looking for a different descriptor. But I had a lot of things that were really great. And then I had a lot of low points. So I'm struggling to come up with what is just okay. What's in the middle of those What's two things? What's in the middle of those two things? What I think I would say about... Um, what has been just okay about the week. So it's Thursday as we are recording this. As we further define exactly the moment when we recorded this podcast. I'm sorry, I, I was apologize. trying to leave some mystery. I know, it's a construct, but we live in the year 2000, the mm. distant future. So um, what has been just okay has been... No, I wasn't... I'm, I can't even really... Okay. I was going to say leaving the kids. So like we've left the kids a bunch. We've got yeah. a sitter... We essentially hired a nanny, and she doesn't know that we've hired her as our nanny. But she works, like, she's been babysitting for us constantly. And she's awesome, and the kids have been great, but the experiences of leaving them with her have been just okay. Because it's not a rare thing anymore, so, like, they're not crazy hyper-excited, which is actually a good thing. But then also, like, Sammy has not been super pumped about us leaving her so many nights in a row she really is a creature of routine and so that's been bothering so like even though it's been we've been leaving the kids to go out to do good and interesting and fulfilling things it has also been just okay that we've been leaving them so much so that's that's as good as i could come up with which is kind of lame but what are you gonna do we're gonna have new ideas that's what we're gonna do i have all the ideas written down do it you remember yours i do so go for yours first so in the spirit of being called out last week on not evangelizing music to your preferential way of me doing that, I am going to evangelize something. It's not music, but it is to evangelize getaway. So if you go onto any social media platform or just onto the Google and you type in getaway house, you will find there are three locations. There's DC, Boston... And do you remember what the third one is? I have no clue. I don't remember what the third one is, but there's three cities, three major metropolitan cities, in where there's a company called Getaway that owns property and has these, these they're, they're kind of like cabins. They're a combination of like cabin, trailer kind of thing. Like they're small enough that they can be hitched and transported. Um, they sleep two or four people and they are straight up just like set up in the woods. 
So it was my birthday on Tuesday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. It's my birthday on Tuesday, and I, um, a friend of mine from high school, Ginger, shout out to Ginger, she is going to stay at one of these places. Her birthday is actually, like, I think in August or the beginning of September, and she had booked herself a night or two at one of these places in, like, November. But she posted about it on Instagram, and I immediately saw it and was like, oh, I gotta go to this place. Like, this looks incredible. I then sent it to you, to which you said... Yeah, I've seen this place before. I've totally showed it to you. And I was like, what? I don't speaking remember of, this. Speaking of evangelizing, I believe that <laughs> this exact experience happens all the time. That is so weird. All the time. I will show her something or say something to her or say, oh, look at this cool thing. Listen to this thing. And then weeks, months later, she'll say, oh, I found this thing. You should check it out. And I'll say, I that's very that. cool. I already showed it to well, you. Well, I don't remember that. So Obviously, you I never do, and that's fine. It just isn't the right time. It comes to me at the time that it is the right time for it to come to me. So for whatever reason, when Ginger posted it, it was the right time. So I booked my birthday. I was like, okay, I'm going to go for my birthday. It's super affordable. It's as it, it's as inexpensive as a nice hotel room would be. More inexpensive than a nice hotel room would be. And this place was extremely nice accommodations. And you are literally in the woods. I did not have a cell phone lockbox. And I'm remembering. You didn't have one? So I didn't have one. And I'm remembering now that I think that when you. Um, you can select it. Yeah. I think it's an option. Because you can also select to be able to bring a pet. Like they're very pet friendly. Well dog friendly specifically. And I obviously don't have a dog to bring. So like I opted out of those accommodations. And I believe that the cell phone lockbox is also part of one of those things. So I did not select the, lock, the cell phone lockbox. And I did not have one. And I liked the way that I did it. I think maybe if I did it again, I would perhaps opt for the cell phone lockbox. But I had my phone. I made the conscious effort to be not on my phone as often and found that I didn't really even want to be. And I, I had brought my computer to do some work on some various things. And I didn't want to. I literally, so the cabin, like you walk in and it's just a single single room. I have pictures on Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, Diana Edgel on Instagram. And there are windows everywhere, including a gigantic window right next to the bed. Well, all the, like the I one just, entire end of the trailer yeah. is a window. So there's the bed. It's like this platform bed and this window that is next to it. And I literally just laid there. I checked in at three o'clock and I laid there the whole afternoon and evening. And I just stared out this window. I watched a squirrel eat two mushrooms. I took video of it. Like, I mean, it was it was it was truly magical. It was amazing. The squirrel was tripping. The squirrel was totally tripping. It was awesome. And like, I read a book, and I listened to music, and then occasionally the music would stop, and I would realize, no, what I actually need is silence. And I sat there in silence, and I went to bed at nine thirty at night. And then I was just like, okay, I'm going to wake up whenever I wake up. And at 3.30 in the morning, I woke up and assumed it was much later than it was. Looked at my phone and realized it was 3.30 and was like, well, probably not going to wake up right now. But then rolled over immediately to see the full moon, like, crack in between the trees that were outside of the window. And it was like, oh, it was breathtaking. It was amazing. It was so amazing. I will go there again. I will tell everyone that they should go there. I was there for less than 24 hours. It was 100% the money, worth the money that I paid for it. I will do it again. If you live in D.C., Boston, or I'm going to look up the third city. Minneapolis. Is. No, I want to... Philly. I can't even guess, actually. Chicago. I honestly don't know. Miami. Can't be Miami. Is there any... I guess you can say in the Everglades? Uh, I don't know. But Maybe literally, if you look up Getaway getaway travel company getaway house like if you look it up you will find it and it was it was it was gorgeous it was amazing i couldn't even i couldn't even believe it just go to their website that's spotify though okay so they have like a playlist for you when you go oh maybe they do i don't even know see there's all kinds of things all right well you look that up i'll start with my ideas number one i have and some of this is because other people have mentioned it again, but the Just Okay Create Tank Conference that I've yeah. mentioned before. Um, yeah. Several people have talked about it, and so I'm starting to 
think about it a little more and develop Love ideas. It. And Love I think it. we originally set some rules about if we had the idea a number of times in a row that we had to act on it. So we did four times. I'm four times. I'm moving. I'm moving in that direction, and I I I think it'll be really good. And oh, and this speaking of actually to combine the two together, these getaway places I think are perfect for this kind of thing. Maybe if you so, get multiple, because you need space that's to fine. create. But I am planning. So I I tried to plan maybe a year or so ago a little um a little trip. Boston, New York, and DC. Those are the three. Why places. did I not think of New York? As I a thought bus? of New York, but I was like, that's not going to be what it is, right? Yeah. Boston, New York, and DC are the three places that Getaway owns uh, property. Um, so I want to do just like a girls' trip, um, but not in the sense of girls' trip, like girls' trip, but just like. <laughs> what do you mean, not? In that I don't sense? know. Like that would be fun too, but that's not actually what I'm looking for. I'm looking for just like. Just girls to go time. Trip. Not just girls trip. But like, just like lady, ladies trip. Woman <laughs> feminist trip. Woman trip. Like I don't know. <laughs> I want to go hang out with my friends and just be able to sit in silence with my friends and have deep and meaningful conversations. And I have particular friends and they know who they are that also want to do these things with me. And I think that this kind of a place, so the place I was in sleeps two people. You can get a place that sleeps four people and women are generally more comfortable to sharing beds with each other than men are. And I don't think that getting three of my friends to come to a place like this with me would be difficult. I think it would be super easy and super fun and we could go just for a night and we can just hang out and be together in silence and stare at the squirrels as they eat. That sounds fantastic. I was about to say marshmallows. Not marshmallows. <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> Maybe the, that is the squirrel's marshmallows. Maybe it is. Um, Alright, so that's one of my ideas. My other idea is from my brother Andrew, Andrew, who we were talking to the other night in an effort to create our website, which is... It's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. But he said, when I was talking to him about either the, the Just Okay Create Tank or something like that... He's like, do you do you see a career path in that? Do you want to be a creative? What did he say? Like coach or curator? I don't think, I don't I think, think he said he's, curator. I don't think he said that. He said, do you want to do this as a career? And you were like, oh, uh, I don't know. And what did I tell you the next day? I don't know that you see it. I when he said that, I saw it. Like I, particularly because I have been so closely connected to online entrepreneurs. And small business entrepreneurs and people who have literally quit their day jobs to go find another path and particularly a path to help other people. And I'm not suggesting that you quit your job tomorrow, but like when he said that, I saw it. I was like, oh, there is a way for you to do this. And I think you would be amazing at it. Thank you. I appreciate that. But anyway, so that was another idea. And my last idea, I haven't even told you about. I love that. That's so funny. This idea was the first idea of the week, but I'm saving it for last because it's the best. Yes. The Just Okay U.S. Tour of Unbelief. Okay. So there have been... Oh my gosh, it's all coming together. This makes me so excited because I have so many things to say about this. Well, it's my idea, so let me finish Ah. the idea. But there's been so much feedback from different people offering and well just offering their stories of unbelief and so i was like oh what we should do is just go to all the locations record podcasts with them and go spend time with them connect with them more importantly than the podcast but go see them and be with them and record a podcast over there and talk about their stories okay that is going i will say this definitively right now this will be an ongoing series that we have on the podcast that's a that, new idea. That sprinkled in throughout our regular episodes with regular topics will be this, will be the unbelief. The tour of unbelief. The tour of unbelief. So it's interesting that you say that, and the reason I squealed in such a way was because, so we have obviously talked many times about how we listen to podcasts a lot. What do popular podcasts do? They tour around and they do live shows. (laughs) Right, right. This is what popular podcasts do. So when I allow myself to dream of the day in which we are somehow monetarily 
reaping any sort of anything from this podcast and spreading the gospel of just okayness, <laughs> I think about that. And I'm like, that would be so cool. That would be so fun. Like, well, what we should start doing is well, live podcast well, for an audience of one. <laughs> what we should start doing is the tour of unbelief. That's what right. I'm saying. Is like When you say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's how it happens. Like This is how we start. Right. We have so many friends, most of them in the Western United States, actually. Um, makes more sense. Um, and, oh, I have lots of ideas that maybe are not appropriate to just be start talking about on the podcast right now, but, like, tons of ideas to talk to you about, like, how we make this happen. Oh, I have, oh. All right. As oh, they say in, about this in business speak, let's take Ooh. this offline. Yeah, let's. Or yeah. let's table this for another meeting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a pin in that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you could put a pin in I'm it. I'm going to put a pin in it. All right. But the tour of unbelief, that's going to, that's going to happen. Oh, that's going to be awesome. My last idea. What? Well, I told you. You keep having new ideas. Not really. Um, There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. That's what this is about. <laughs> I know. This is where this started because we always had ideas. No, the last idea is not necessarily an idea, but I feel the need to share as uh, the action that has been taken on an idea. So early on, I talked a ton about the uh, fruit food prep that I was wanting to do, that there was some interest. Kelsey Whole30 shown, specific. Whole30 specific. Kelsey had shown some interest and had been very encouraging to me to doing this. Um, Britta had also been very, um, encouraging and interested. Well, Britta has made two orders with me, two orders. And I have made food for her and taken her food that has helped her and her husband on their whole 30 journey. So that's happening. There's not a name for the company. I do have some, there is not (laughs) submit your, uh, name ideas for my company at the just okay podcast on instagram the fact that my initial is d and like big d whole d like all of it is just so perfect yeah perfect's not the word i would use anyway yeah i've already made i've already sold two orders of food but what i like well, what I like best about it is that you get to see Britta more often. I like seeing Britta more often, too. I know. but It's been great. I I have not been part of any of these exchanges, but it seems like it would be cool. Next time you can do the drop-off. To... And throw some Frisbees with Joey. Oh, yeah. That's what you need to do. I do Combine need to. Two I'm together. definitely going to be delivering next time. All right. Yeah, so that's happening. That's exciting. Sort of. That is exciting. No, it is. I shouldn't say it's worth. It is exciting. It's awesome. I love helping people and I love, like, I like cooking and it's not a difficult, like, it's something that I enjoy and I'm making stuff that I'm very familiar with and can make it quickly and so it's, it's good. I like it. It's awesome. I'm happy to help. Super happy to help. All right. Let's talk about homework. Let's. Let's list text, not technology. List technology but really the homework was to make lists. So I'll start with saying that Mike, Kelsey's husband, Mike Myers, who I not, do not have necessarily not the Mike Myers from <laughs> Halloween, the, right? Is it Halloween? I think it's so. It's got to be Halloween, right? Yeah. How embarrassing if we don't know the reference. Oh, but how great because yay. I bet he gets that all the time. So oh, if I'm we sure, don't actually obviously, know the reference, that's nice. Obviously he he gets it all the time. <laughs> but he actually texted me with uh a tablet and an app that you could get oh, yeah. plus 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 a mount for the tablet to go on the wall the whole thing so that's um, why we got to put the, put it out there because people will help us right people people know things and have ideas i got ideas man ideas so anyway so that um, that happened this week but tell me about your list making and then i'll tell you about my list making oh. I just did my normal list making. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty like consistent with making lists, and so I just continued down that path of making different like to do lists or making different lists of. I think I added a couple things to the list, the master list of what we need to do in our house. Have we not compared lists yet? No. So that's, that's why we need the technology. That's why we need the technology. But we should probably have a list review. So there was. A house, there is a house for sale on the next street over that is the same model as our house that we live in right now. And it's fun to look at that kind of So there's a podcast studio in that house? Um, No. Why are you saying that? It's the same model as our house. It has a basement. (laughs) 
Therefore, there is a podcast studio in the house. Sorry, yes, there for sure there is. And they also have some things that we don't have in our house. And so Like a podcast studio? Nope, not like a podcast studio, like a bricked patio oh, in yeah. the front that you actually pointed out to me, so congratulations to you for pointing that out to me when I had not noticed. You've incepted me at this point, and yeah. now I'm seeing your ideas. I know. I So, much like we talked about YOLO versus the future, I also have an outside versus inside dilemma, where I'm like, outside's really all people see. Like, that's obviously the most common thing people see. We have an awesome yellow door that I get compliments on. People love. We changed the shutter color and I like that so much better. But there's a bunch of other stuff that we could do to the front of the house that I think that would really like spruce up and make it more us, the outside of the house. But then there's so much stuff inside and the inside is where I spend 99% of the time. So where do I put the energy and the money? Outside or inside? Inside. Very much YOLO versus the future. Not as uh, not as much yellow versus the future, <laughs> right. but it is similar. Like I, I struggle with knowing the right place. Anyway, so lists. I made lists. I like made normal. lists. You made lists. I got a ream of printer paper at work, literally, and a permanent marker that was not a sharpie. Okay, I don't know what. Did you get high off that marker? Probably no. I mean. Well, I'm just I guess about, like, it could have happened. I, mean, I remember using permanent markers that were not Sharpies when I was like, oh, I mean, it was, it was like, woo! It was, yes, the it fumes. was. It was definitely a strong Fragrant. scented marker. <laughs> However, I then yeah. went through and made like 15 to 20 yeah, lists did. in the marker at work. Yeah, you did. And then promptly realized what I had done and <laughs> hid them in my bag. <laughs> because what I realized was this. Doesn't look like a a <laughs> mentally healthy person's activity. And then I thought, oh, well, so my original idea is put them all over the studio, right? This is where we'll have our list. And you know what's funny is I saw the stack of papers. So I was like, what is this? And you told me it was your stack of lists. And I was like, this is too intimate. I can't look through the lists. It is. I haven't looked through them. It's not that intimate, but there are some intimate lists. But then I thought, like, this is my idea. In this room, if you can't see. In this very room. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. (laughs) That is beyond triggering and gross. Oh, I don't know why that came to me. Sorry. Let me set the scene for you. (laughs) We're in the basement. Wood paneling walls. We have incense burning. A nice muted light. And then the podcast studio area. But... There's nothing really on the walls, so I was thinking we could put the list all over the walls. Yeah. Then I realized... I asked you last week if this was going to turn into a beautiful mind. Yes. Well, it will. But I realized that we need to cut off the studio somehow because this is also our guest room. Mm -hmm. And I'm not comfortable with our guests... That is too ...seeing all my lists. Guests that we have coming tomorrow night. Right. So I am open and I... Yeah. Like vulnerability. Hey. But. Do you know what I see? Yeah. Look over. There's a curtain rod. There was a divider here when we moved in. Oh, okay. We're just going to put curtains. It's fine. No, it will be fine. But. In fact, we got curtains upstairs. I'll do this tomorrow. It's just that I. Anyway. Yes. That was too much. Right. A step too far. Understood. Understood. That's super funny. Sorry. So so we accomplished our homework. Awesome. Way to go. one way or another. Yeah. And. Possibly there will be questions about my health. Maybe from work. Maybe from our guests that stay at our house. Oh, for sure both. (laughs) There will be questions from our guests. For sure. Definitely. So what you're going to hear now for the topic for the week is actually not what we originally recorded. No, this is a first for us. We recorded a fairly lengthy interview of Diana for her birthday. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday, Diana. <laughs> and we decided that it wasn't quite what we wanted. No. Yeah, it was not what I what I wanted. I will say that it was amidst a very heavy week last week with all the events going on, specifically in the news. But it was also a culmination of several weeks of well 
Well, birth like I said earlier, <laughs> one of my ideas was that I had found the purpose of life. That's right. And it escaped me. And last week, there was some of the reasons it escaped me were because of the events of last week and how I actually and realistically approached the events of last week. It made me question a lot of things. Absolutely. Well, you know, I didn't, I hadn't thought of this until just right now, but you often have a hard time around your birthday. It is, it is my annual life crisis. It is your annual life crisis. And so I, I don't typically think that that happens to me, but I do think that it was maybe somewhat of that, but it was just kind of, there was just a lot, there was a lot going on. And I feel like on any given day, I have one, it's, it's funny because last it was last week right yeah last week I said I don't have a life philosophy and (laughs) on any given day here I guess this is what I'll say on any given day I feel like I have one and I'm like adhering to it and on another day I'm just like burn it all down cut all the ties just say f it to everything and I there's a little bit of bipolarity there with how I and and so when there are other very emotionally charged things going on. It's easy for me to 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 switch back and forth a lot. And so I think that is we recorded something and I listened to it as I usually do before we post it and I just was feeling like it was way too on the burn it down side. I won't say way too. It just that's not actually that is not actually how I feel. I certainly have moments, but I think we all have moments where we feel that way. And I don't think that it's a true picture of how I feel or how you feel and how we want to be seen by other people and how we want to be thought of by other people. And so for me, I just felt like it was not, it was authentic in that moment, but that isn't always necessarily the healthiest thing. Well, I, don't, for- I shouldn't say healthy, but yeah, I just, it wasn't, it wasn't what I wanted to have out there. <laughs> right. And I think that as we have kind of discussed over the last little while since we recorded that originally was that we were sort of hitting this culmination of several years of very quick change and progress and some of it good and some of it confusing. Yeah. But we have not often at all during that time taken time to pause, to give ourselves space, to give ourselves grace, to understand that as human beings undertaking this kind of progress and change isn't easy, number one, and is difficult to put into perspective and understand. And I think what I, and I'll just speak for myself, is it, I needed a moment or moments which I'm taking and have been taking for the last few days and will continue to take is some time to maybe integrate some of the things going on in my life. Right. And some of that comes from conversations I've had with people in my life that have asked questions or made observations and I take their opinion seriously and value their judgment. And so it's helped me say, okay, let's have some time to integrate all the changes that have happened. So that's a, I often describe it as whiplash that I just feel like I have, have made so many changes and kind of big life sweeping declarations that I sometimes am dizzy or just have whiplash from all the change so quickly and revert to old habits or revert to old standards that I had because the change has happened so fast that I'm almost not even used to it. Do you feel like you have that also? Or do you feel like it's been a little bit more slow and integrative for you? No, I don't. I I mean, I specifically think it hasn't been that. I think that I've gone from a place of having external authority to going to a place of, and a place of being my own authority but not knowing how that works yeah, and not having a framework as, and I'll, I mean, a lot of this information, like a lot of this realization and things I'm saying, it came from a conversation that I had with Mike on Friday night, uh, Mike Myers, the previous, the aforementioned, yes, aforementioned. star of the Halloween films. <laughs> um, and just some of the questions he asked me and, and I don't know, it just, 
started to make me feel like, okay, let's... He specifically talked about having a framework to be able to evaluate uh, things in life, whether it's opinions or current events or difficulties, obstacles, whatever, having some sort of framework to evaluate those against. And I... I don't know that I have one. Yeah, that's a that's a worthy that's a worthy thing to work on. We've ta- have, and we've talked about that in terms of like we've had to readjust or rethink what our family values are or right. what our relationship values are, and I think that's all part of it. I think that's maybe just another way to say framework. But, it is for sure. Yeah, but I we should revisit that probably because I I know that there have been times when that has seemed more necessary and then you sort of forget about it and it fades away but I think to have to be able to have that to point to in some sort of real tangible way uh, is is really good my friend Hannah who is a personal soul coach if you want to call I should I should find out what she actually her, her thing is soul buzz is helping people find their soul buzz and the first step is really defining what your personal values are and she has through the work that she has done with other coaches has has developed her own sort of little protocol for finding out what your personal values are and I think that that's incredibly helpful and you think you know what they are and then you start to really ask yourself deep questions deep and specific questions and you can't just rest on like oh honesty integrity these are my personal values like like, no, no, really, really, when it comes down to it, what is it that you actually have as your highest and truest needs and wants and requirements for your life and for the people in your life? Right. So we talked about life philosophy <laughs> last time. And, like, I, I still, like, that is true, but I don't think it quite gives me the guidance. No, right. No, it just yeah, says, yeah, yeah. These, these things about life are true. Sure. Okay. Well, how? Do, what does that look like in application? And for me, it's a matter of I do a lot of thinking and writing by myself in in this vacuum, and then I appear in the real world and have to completely adjust everything because it's either unrealistic or just too hard lined in that it doesn't allow for the messiness of life. Right. And oh, I have a the messiness of life is something that I don't think I've ever been comfortable with and I think that being religious helped me with that because it gave me so many rules and lines and gave me gave me everything I needed to know everything and I didn't have to sit in that in that do in you, that difficulty. Do you think that something that you're lacking in your life and maybe another way to phrase that is boundaries that you don't have boundaries with with people or or require them to be accountable for things like I don't know it was something you said made me think of that so in the interview that will not be heard <laughs> one of the questions was one of the most impactful books that I've ever read and the answer didn't change from last Thursday when we originally <laughs> recorded it. But it was uh, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And because we talked about it, I then decided to reread it, which is something I had planned to do. I believe I've read it twice, so this is at least the third time through. And she talks about boundaries and accountability. And one of the things that she said that it's applicable to me, I don't think that this is necessarily applicable to you, but she said, I will, I will read directly from it. Uh, when we fail to set boundaries and hold people accountable, we feel used and mistreated. Oh, wait, sorry. No, that's the wrong part. I apologize. We have to stay away from convincing ourselves that we hate someone or that they deserve to feel bad so that we can feel better about holding them accountable. That's where we get into trouble. When we talk ourselves into disliking someone so that we're more comfortable holding them accountable or priming ourselves for the shame and blame game. And I, I think I have a tendency to do that. Instead of just saying, here are my boundaries and I would like them to be respected and here is what that looks like. I just decide, well, I don't like that person anyway. <laughs> or right, they've wronged me. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've wronged me anyway, so I'll just throw the whole thing out. When really, 
there's a meaningful and salvageable, hopefully, assuming, uh, relationship there. I just have to have clearer boundaries and hold them accountable. And if that's something that doesn't, they can't work with, then then it can, it, but it doesn't have to be, I don't have to hate them. I don't have to dislike them. I don't have to throw the whole thing out. I just have to be clear about my boundaries and, and what that's going to mean. Right. And so I, th- I, I, I agree with that. I think that. I, I just thought about it because you said you write stuff down and then you get, in, you have to go into the real world and integrate with other people. And those two things don't often go together. And I just wonder if maybe having more specific boundaries. With yeah. So yes. So I think that having a framework, having boundaries allows you like whatever you want to call that. It's having some sort of structure. Life is messy and disorganized, yeah. chaotic and confusing. If you don't have something like that to kind of, it, I maybe it's too hard of boundaries or not, not having realistic because life is messy, you have to, like like you just read, you have to kind of weigh things and work through things and right. evaluate things rather than just the simple answer. I don't, it's not even simple, but just the easier answer of, nope, that doesn't seem like something I like. I'm, I'm done. Nope. Like, or, or saying you dislike someone in order to not have to deal with the messiness right. of it. Just categorize them away and yep. then you don't have to sit with the confusion and the mystery and, and all the things that life is. And so I, I know that. I know that. Sure. But I There's forget. There's almost nothing that we learned that we didn't know. Right. But we, it's, it's just all things just that being we've reminded. Yeah. Things we've repeatedly forgotten. Absolutely. Um, so one of the things, so we've been reading multiple things. Like we've read, I started reading the Enneagram book. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Kelsey, for the recommendation. Yes. <laughs> and... Something that, something that I had forgotten, um, but I already know through specifically through stoicism and research on meditation is that, and this is where I, I'm coming, this is where I'm, where the idea of a pause came in because specifically in the Enneagram book, it talks about a, taking a pause, giving space between stimulus and reaction. Stimulus and reaction. And yeah. What I want or wanted or thought I wanted was stimulus reaction. I already know the answer to it. I don't need to take the pause in between. Um, Interesting. I just, I want to know. I want to have it nice and clean and, and go. I don't, because in that pause is all the messiness. Do, okay, that's interesting to me. I, <laughs> you gave me the five minute journal for my birthday and you write down three things that would make today great every day. And a recurring theme already for me, before I read, before we've had this conversation about the pause, before I've read anything in the Enneagram book where it specifically talks about this, but because I have a desire for meditation and mindfulness, I already have written down on multiple days that what would make to would make that day great, not just meditation. Sometimes I specifically write meditation, but often I write that I will be able to, and I always phrase it as take a breath. So I was concerned about some interactions I was going to be having. And I trust that I already know how to correctly and thoughtfully handle potentially Um, upsetting or uncomfortable situations, but I can't handle those situations the way that I want to, unless I take a breath. I know I can't, I know myself, I'm an extremely reactionary person. So I've already written down multiple days that what would make that day great is if when I'm in those situations, I'm able to take a breath. So it's interesting that you wanted to just know the right thing and not even need to worry about the breath. Whereas I'm like, I already know the right thing, but I'm not going to do the right thing unless I take the breath before. So I am this, I am. You always take I, the breath. <laughs> no, no, no. But that, that is my immediate reaction is, is taking take the breath. breath. Oh, okay. And keep breathing and let <laughs> And let everything it go be. away. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, okay. And let give space to whatever is happening. We need to find the balance between 
the two. Because I think sometimes that's the right thing to do. Oh, I, I totally agree. I just think because, and I'm, so I, <laughs> I first typed myself as Enneagram 9. Okay. Then I was like, maybe I'm not that. But the more I read about it, the more I, I feel that I am. And one of those things, one of the things about Enneagram 9 is that you meld into other, like you, you give other people space and you sort of form to their opinions and what they right. do. Right. And because I know that, and I've known that about myself for a long time. Sure. I have started to try reject to, that. Yeah. You try to like develop say, your own. Yeah. So, yeah. so where, where I'm saying, no, I need to respond differently in those situations instead of taking a pause but the, the pause still exists. You need but a pause. I need, I need an need action a, yeah, yeah, after yeah. the pause. You need an action Rather than pause. continuing to take the pause. Yes, the pause cannot be an indefinite pause. The pause is not an action. No. I mean. It is for me. For me. And that and that is where it, personalities are so interesting. And the differences in how people are. Because for me, the pause is an action. And particularly for anyone who knows me. And knows how reactionary and how quick I am to just sort of explode. Taking a pause in and of itself would be an action in a lot of cases. Don't you think? No, no, I absolutely like, agree. It's just pause, pause, pause. Right, for you. Pause. For you. Is, is too many pauses. Too many pauses. Your pause has to have a definitive ending time. Mine could be a little bit more open-ended, but it has to be there, period. And like, it has to be there for both, for, for, for both of us. So... To frame this a little better. I don't know. I trust you a little bit more than I trust me to to ever go without the pause. <laughs> well, right. But only because the action on the other side of my pause is another pause. And so that's easy to no. trust because there's going to be no action on the other side. No, I don't mean that. What do you mean? There have been few times, but because you have been sort of trying to push against this, I mold to everyone and I give everyone space. There have been not very many, but there have been a few instances where the pause has not existed or has been very short. And I'm extremely comfortable with how you handle yourself as I, far as on the, an emotional, like, uh, like, uh, what's the, I can't think of the word I'm looking for, but just, yes, having like a very just driven by emotion response. Whereas my heart beats out of my chest and I just become like this raging, crazy person. You do not. Um, it's interesting because outwardly I may not become a raging crazy person but inwardly that's how i feel oh well, sure because you're you be have because i don't do that yeah to you, frame it a little yeah, yeah that's true you that would to, be so unlike you to frame it a little better in the recent discussions about sexual assault yes and what we now know about it some of the facts i feel obligated absolutely to speak up against either lies or just misunderstandings or I, I don't know any. So that's a perfect example of how you and I differ where I would have no pause and I would lose a lot of the, um, I would credibility is not the right word, but like, because I would just be like fly completely off the handle. I think I would lose some of the efficacy. Whereas if you had no pause, just given the way that you speak to people, I think that you would be very impactful. I, I agree with you, given history. What I'm trying to work with is... So, let's take a pause. Yes, let's. <laughs> because what Brene Brown's... The, so, Brene Brown's... Yes. Three things that humans need should be... Um, I, I can, again, I can read it to you. I'll give you a little bit of background. So, The Gifts of Imperfection is not a new book. And I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of people have read it. She is a researcher by profession. She's a PhD researcher. And she is a shame researcher specifically. And she did a long um, study on people. And I, I don't know if it was, if she named it this at the beginning or after, but she called it uh, wholehearted. People who had a wholehearted life. And so she found the similarities between the things that they had and what they practiced and how they sort of their life philosophy on how these people that she deemed wholehearted people, what they were doing and on the journey to being wholehearted, 
It's the way she puts it. To but, herself being wholehearted? Um, anyone. Oh, okay. For anyone to For be... One's so journey she, on So I, I will... Yes, this is like the very first chapter of the introduction. Wholehearted living is not a one-time choice. It is a process. In fact, I believe it's a journey of a lifetime. My goal is to bring awareness and clarity to the constellation of choices that lead to wholeheartedness and to share what I've learned from many, many people who have dedicated themselves to living and loving with their whole hearts. Uh, and then if you're thinking, great, now I just need to be a superhero to fight perfectionism. I understand courage, compassion, and connection seem like big lofty ideals, but in reality, they are daily practices that when exercised enough become the these incredible gifts in our lives. So that is how she, how do we, uh, the answer to all of these questions are courage, compassion, and connection. The tools we need to work our way through our journey. So she believes that with those three things, courage, compassion, and connection, you can find your way basically through anything. She's defining this as wholehearted. And I think you can get it. I think anybody could describe a, what they consider to be a wholehearted person and it's probably going to be roughly the same and certainly is going to be something that anybody should be like wanting to attain. Right. This is, um, this is living the good life li- or exactly. living your best right. life. Right. Absolutely. These attributes. So, yeah. but those are the three things that you need to be practicing on a daily basis. And, and then obviously because it's a book, she goes on to describe what those three things are, how you can work on them. Yada, yada, yada. So when you told me those three things, a light bulb turned on in my head. Yes, it did. I have lived my life, most of it, definitely understanding compassion. That's a strong suit for me. you came with that, I believe. And connection, I think I've always felt too, more recently understood the importance of it. Yeah. But not a lot of courage. Or even understanding how courage fits into it. Right. In the last, in the very recent weeks and months, I'll say, I've had an understanding that Courage, and I did not define it that way, but maybe standing up for what I think is right, or really that—that's probably what I what I would have called it. And then, as soon as I realized that courage was needed, I didn't understand how to balance that with compassion. And that is the conflict. That is specifically the conflict that I've been having over the last couple of weeks. But you th- really yes that I. I decided that courage was important and things needed to be said. Oh, because okay. There are okay. things that are okay. wrong and okay. and those those need to be talked about so and I need you, to stand up. Don't you see that by having the courage to stand up, you are also having compassion for those people with which you are defending and standing up for? Understand, but in that I don't what what my what the conflict was, how do I have for compa- if someone disagrees with me? Huh. I can okay. have courage, but how do I also have compassion? Boundaries. Well, <laughs> all of the answers. They're, they're all there. But you, you knew it already. You just forgot. Right. But for me, courage is a new thing that I don't necessarily understand how to do. And That's so interesting that you say that. So I need to, I need to learn to balance the courage with the other things. And so I, 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 think the, I like the I three think... things. I just don't quite understand or just, I don't, I have not experienced the balance of the three. Interesting. Okay. I'd you like... would disagree. Um, I don't know that I disagree. I don't know that I would have, uh, phrased it that way. I, a, a reoccurring word for me over the last three or four years has been courage. Right. When Shelly and I discuss our departure from the Mormon church, we often sort of cheerlead each other and remind each other that what we did took a ton of courage, that it was not an easy thing to do. And it was very courageous. It was very courageous for us to stand up. And I don't think we lacked compassion in any way for the people that we were leaving behind and for the people that we were standing up for, which is part of why we left. Like I still have compassion for people who are there. I under, for instance, my friends and family members who are sad because of my departure, I have compassion for them. I do understand how they feel. Because I in your best moments. Sure, but that's I mean No, no, I'm just what are we gauging it off of? My well, I mean, like worst moments? Like that's <laughs> No, I'm just as a whole like as a whole, look at how 
how we react to situations. I agree that leaving the church took courage. And that's probably the first time that I realized that sometimes you have to make a courageous decision. Yeah. Well, so and this was the, the definition that I sent you today when, when I read this earlier this evening was courage originally meant to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Originally meant. Now so it says over time this definition has changed and today courage is more synonymous with being heroic. Heroics is important and we certainly need heroes, but I think we've lost touch with the idea that speaking honestly and openly about who we are, about what we're feeling, and about our experiences, good and bad, is the definition of courage. Okay, so that makes way more sense to me than when you first said it to me earlier. Yeah, I'm sure you knew the comprehensive definition. <laughs> well, the ancient, or I would say ancient, but the older definition definitely allows for more compassion to be involved than a heroic when i think of a hero it's a very aggressive movement a very like it's interesting how like how sort of antithetical you feel like courage and compassion are i don't it, feel that way could could not be but this is why i struggle yeah, no absolutely that makes because sense because i do that feel like that. That. because i feel like when to show courage in some instances you have to say hard things to people and sometimes make hard yeah, decisions that's true that seems uncomfortable. I, I, <laughs> uncomfortable, uncomfortable for sure, but only because I feel like it. Then I'm showing a lack of passion towards the person. Compassion. Whom, a lack, lack of compassion. Yeah, lack of compassion towards the people that may be on the harder end of the hard decision I'm making. Huh. So, in reference to leaving the church, I took a courageous action. And felt like I was not being, I could no longer be compassionate towards a lot of things having to do with the church. Oh, and I, and, and we, obviously we have those moments. I mean, I think this is what we're, I'm going to say obviously about 45,000 more times. (laughs) Um, we're talking about that a lot is that we, we are sort of flipping back and forth a ton lately, just in the last 10 days. I've had a day where I've told you I'm going to burn it all down and I've been super angry and you have tried to have a measured response and then I have come back and been like, you know what, actually, I'm a Buddhist now, so (laughs) I'm just going to be chill about everything and you're like, no, and you started screaming, like, it's, and that's just, that, that's an example of us or it's just a small part of how we're feeling about lots of different topics. It's not... Life. It's life. Uh, literally. I mean, that's that's what's like, happening, I feel like. There's a lot us. of whiplash to go there's back to lot. your original definition. Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot of swinging back and forth because we lost our framework yeah. and anchor, our foundation, everything. And so now we're kind of up in the air. We have a, we, we know, we have a lot of ideas about what is right and what yeah. we should be working towards. But it's hard to solidify it into a concrete, continuous, actionable plan. So now... And I think that to to be fair to ourselves, I think that other people with concrete frameworks also struggle every day. Yes, and I think sometimes that's more frustrating. I mean, as someone who had a concrete structure, that was frustrating because it doesn't always work right and you are sometimes trying to really make compromises that don't make sense or you're trying to do or you're not doing a certain thing that you think you're supposed to be doing and then you're feeling guilty about it just because it fits within this framework and it like i mean it they all have their hang-ups no matter what way you look at it well that's because life is messy yep and it's a struggle and no matter what your framework is it it's still going to be difficult. I just think with a little more time, a little more space between the stimulus and action. Well, a little, let's call it deliberate space. It's not more space or less space. It's not a longer or shorter pause because that's not a definitive, you can't, every situation is different and every person is different. And every, I just think there needs to be a deliberate pause. 
Right. So when I say more or longer, I just mean, I, I do mean more deliberate. I mean a higher quality of, okay. of okay. moment in which the observation and the evaluation, all those things can happen during that time. I'm not saying how short or long it should be or any, like everything would obvi- obviously. Can I give you another quote from the book? Please do. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'm, on our next episode, I'm going to do the audio version. <laughs> no, I'm really not, obviously. Um, men and women who live wholeheartedly. Oh, sorry. You like you like start a quote and then you're like, this doesn't make sense because you didn't read the three sentences before this. So she calls it dig deep, but D I G is they stand for something. Deliberate, inspired, going. So she says, deliberate in their thoughts and behaviors through prayer, meditation, or simply by setting intentions. Inspired to make new and different choices. Going, they take action. So they get deliberate, they get inspired, and then they go. And I think that that's, I think that's what you're talking about. You have a deliberate pause. You, you gather whatever it is that you're needing in that moment, whether it be courage or compassion or possibly connection. And then you take an action and you go. I think deliberate has been one of my go-to words for, again, the last two, three years. Yeah. I, that's how I have described a lot of the things that I've done. I have made deliberate choices, most of which I was aware of the consequences and was willing to accept those consequences. I made deliberate choices. I did not accidentally fall into the life that I am in right now. I chose to be here. And I chose to go through, not everything, because not everybody can choose everything, but I chose a lot of what is happening to me. And so when you're deliberate and when you choose those things, even in the shitty moments, it's a little bit easier because you know that you got to choose it. Right. It's it's a result of your own yeah. choice. Yeah. So there you go. Anyway. Courage, compassion, connection. I think that that's, I think, I think that's where we, I think we're doing it. I think we found it. I am going to reserve (laughs) saying I found it because every time I find something, it disappears. So I'll say, I know this seems like an interesting idea, but because it's recurring and it it is like, these are, I don't want to say universal or whatever, but they're recurring in stoicism in any meditation practice, absolutely. Um, in the, the Enneagram, the in, the book, the introduction to the book is all about this. The book, by the way, is called The Complete Enneagram, and it's by Beatrice Chestnut. Yes, it is. Um, there are lots of books, but this I had, is the one that Kelsey's reading, and so that's what we got. Well, and it's been recommended by yeah, several it, people. Sure. The liturgists also recommend the same book. Uh, I think this is... I don't know. It. I, I've always... I think we talked about this before about being a little hesitant because of the religiosity uh, attached to Enneagram. And I was hesitant about this one too, but it completely addresses those things, but uh, also shows both science and philosophy. Also like everyone agreeing on some of these ideas Um, specifically the, the pause. So we know what the purpose Not necessarily the purpose, but we know what the idea was behind starting this podcast. That we think that we do basically everything just okay. That we're not super great at anything. And we're we're down. We're down for that. We're here for being just okay. And I think that I found, as I was reading today, and I'm going to read this again and I promise it will be the last quote I read from this book. But this sort of is... The this is what we're doing with this podcast, this thing I'm going to read you, and this all of what we're talking about. The wholehearted journey is not the path of least resistance. It's a path of consciousness and choice. And to be honest, it's a little it's a little counterculture. The willingness to tell our stories, feel the pain of others, and stay genuinely connected in this disconnected world is not something we can do half-heartedly. To practice courage, compassion, and connection is to look at life and the people around us and say, I'm all in. And I couldn't describe our podcast any better than that. Amen. I feel like that is 100% what we're doing. We may just, we may be doing it just okay, but that's, we're all in. We're trying to do it. That's what we're doing. 
So there is. All right. So okay. this is our second attempt. It is. I think this one's going to stick. <laughs> I believe it will as well. I feel good about this one. I do too. And I feel good about the things we've learned based on the other podcast that we did and the time we've, the pause we took between, we took a pause. between recording it and posting it and needing to take a different action. And we did. Yay. See, we're already doing we're it. We're applying all the things. Oh, makes me so happy. Me too. All right. All right. Have a good week, everybody.